Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Jake Smith, and I am joined today by Nir Shavit, CEO and co-founder of Neural Magic. Welcome. Hi. Nir, you know, one of the things that your company has done is really begin to re-examine the way we look at some of the neural models that are out there. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey, how you came to found Neural Magic, and what Neural Magic's trying to solve? Sure. So I'm an MIT professor. I was for many years, I worked in the multi-core space, multi-core algorithms, taught that for many, many years. And about seven or eight years ago, I switched to computational neurobiology with the intent of trying to understand how to build better parallel computation. And in the process of doing that, I thought that I was going to basically look at you know maps of connectivity in the brain that people had created and try to understand what we can learn from that to improve parallelism in multi-core programs. It turned out that people didn't really have those graphs. And so I joined a collection of researchers whose goal is, and it's a field called connectomics, where we try to actually recreate the connectivity maps of parts of neural tissue, like pieces of the brains of rats and mice and so on. This is kind of a massive computational task that involves tracking these neurons through you know, electron microscopy images. And the way we do that is with machine learning algorithms. And so I got into the area of developing machine learning algorithms to solve the problem of figuring out the connectivity so that we could improve parallelism. Well, it turns out, that you actually need a lot of parallelism, right, in order to actually drive these machine learning algorithms. And so I started to develop software for that. Because I was a multi-core guy and didn't know anything about GPUs, I just did it on a multi-core machine. And before long, my students and I discovered that we were getting the same kind of performance numbers as GPUs on the deep learning algorithms that we were running. So we used these algorithms in our project, but also decided, hey, there's commercial value to this, right? What if you can just, you know, take any Intel processor and turn it into a GPU? That would be pretty cool. So we founded Neural Magic. And what Neural Magic does is actually approach the problem of running machine learning algorithms from an algorithmic perspective rather than from a hardware perspective. And what I mean by that is the following kind of idea. So yes, okay, neural networks require computation. But you can provide this computation in kind of two ways. One way you can provide it is by building special hardware that'll have maybe 10x more operations that you can apply. The other way is to take the neural networks and sparsify them, okay, so that you actually need 10x less compute. The problem, you know, that you have on CPUs rather than GPUs is that their interconnect between memory and the processor is very slow. And so if you reduce the computation, 
okay, by sparsifying the network, you're really not going to see a lot of performance because it's bottlenecked essentially on the memory. At that point, right, we needed a real breakthrough. And the breakthrough for neural magic has been to understand that the trick with connectivity in the brain really is, one is it's very sparse, okay? And the other thing is that it has incredible locality of reference. When a neuron fires, it fires to its neighboring neuron, which fires to its neighboring neuron, which fires to its neighboring neuron. And so if you could replicate this kind of locality of reference in a CPU, you would be able to overcome this performance problem. And so that's what Neural Magic did. Basically, we found a way to execute neural networks depth-wise rather than layer-wise. So a typical way a GPU executes a neural network is layer by layer by layer by layer. If you do that on a CPU, you're dead. So instead of that, what we did is figure out a way to run the neural network depth-wise. So we take pieces of the network and we run one after the other, we run them all the way through. And that's our trick. That allows you to deliver GPU speeds on CPUs. Wow, that's incredible. You know, you've worked with several people at Intel. Have you had the opportunity to really take advantage with AI builders of our next generation Optane memory technology? Or is that just too slow for what you're trying to do? So most of our work is not in the actual memory part of the computation. So let me just say that the big advantage of CPUs over GPUs, right, is that really, you know, they do have very large memories. And so you can store a lot of stuff, right, in this memory. And so you can do much bigger models. The problem is the speed, right? But GPUs problem is the bottlenecking on the high bandwidth memory that they have to have. So yes, having a lot of memory on the CPU is good, but the core of Neural Magic's technology is actually in the management of caching. And so it's not so much in the communication between memory and the processor, but rather with managing how the caches of the processor and the computation is handled. And because we manage it in a specific way, we kind of manage to maximize the utilization of the whole memory hierarchy. So to your answer, no, not specifically, but for any CPU, right, our technology essentially makes that CPU a new type of device, a device that can take very large networks. Let's say, you know, for example, you know, the largest transformer models that don't fit in most GPUs and just run them on a CPU at the same speed. Wow. That's spectacular. Where do you think this goes as you begin the sparsification? Where can data scientists take Neuromagic's technology and really provide value to their customers? So I think that sparsification, you know, is not a new technology. People do that in the mobile space because they want to reduce the size of the model, not so much for performance, but actually just to make it smaller so it'll fit on a smaller memory device, right? But this technique of what people call pruning, you know, or quantization, these techniques, right, actually allow you to kind of make the reduced computation model perform more efficiently. And so I think what you're going to see in the future is, you know, let's take the brain, for example, a computation done in your brain. Your cortex, you know, has about 20 billion neurons in it. And each one of them is connected, you know, at best to about a thousand, more likely probably a hundred, 
Okay. You know how sparse that is? That is ridiculously sparse. We don't even achieve anything close to that kind of level of sparsity in neural networks. And so if we could do that, if we could get that kind of sparsity, right, then the actual size of the network that we have and the actual amount of compute that we'll need will be very, very small. And that means that we can do really big networks. And so to answer your question, the future of this thing is to enable us to go to really massive size networks where the size of the network is enormous, but the actual compute that is being done by the network is very small. That's a really, really great way to describe it because, you know, we start to think about the dataverse, if you will in 2025 and we're talking about 300 zettabytes, something like that. So using neural magic is going to be a critical capability. Can you talk a little bit about the properties of neural tissue and the way you process data in convolutional neural networks? Sure. So the relationship between these two is kind of fascinating. So if you look at the typical, just from energy considerations, the amount of computation that goes on in your brain. And I'm talking about, let's say, your whole cortex, okay, for a typical human being, right? And this is very kind of back of the envelope calculation, but it's about the same amount of compute as a cell phone. So your brain is doing about a cell phone of compute, but the graph in your cortex is about a petabyte of graph. So you're doing about, you know, a cell phone of compute on a petabyte of graph, right? But the accelerators that people are building, the TPUs and the GPUs and the TPU farms and TPU pods and so on and so forth, those actually are devices that, you know, aim to get petaflops of compute on a cell phone worth of memory. So it's kind of the opposite, right? We're building devices, we're building hardware that provides a lot of flops on very little memory. But what we really should be building if we want to mimic the brain is something that uses very little flops but has a lot of memory. And this is why, you know, in the short term, CPUs are really the answer for this going to very large models. Later on, we'll develop much smarter technologies, perhaps, right, where the hardware is much more sophisticated. But right now, the answer to the very big models is not GPUs or TPUs or IPUs, whatever. It's really commodity processors that have a, you know, a terabyte or 10 terabytes of memory right next to them. And so that's where the short-term future is, you know, for this kind of technology. That's where I think we can push it, right? And of course, this means that you need to develop the right software. And that's, as I tell my investors, unfortunately, you know, it could be that Neural Magic are going to achieve this. It could be that somebody else, but I have no doubt that this is the direction that it's going. I mean, this is a standard kind of thing that happens whenever there's a new paradigm in computer science, right? People build special hardware for it. The architecture changes. Yeah, people build special hardware. They love to build special hardware. You know, people used to build Lisp machines because they thought, (laughs) you know, you couldn't do car and cooter together, right? Can you imagine? And later on, it was, you know, in the data center. All routing had to be special pieces of hardware because you couldn't do it with the CPU. Well, look at a data center today, right? You will not find a lot of special hardware there. It's all CPUs. And so the same thing is going to happen with machine learning, okay? It's just that we're in the very beginning of the transition period. And so right now, you know, people are building special hardware that essentially gives you 10x. But as we understand the algorithms better, my money is that we will not need all that compute. What we will need is the flexibility and the large memory of CPUs. 
You know, that's great, Nir. In fact, it's fascinating. I wish we had a lot more time to talk and we will bring you back to talk more about that future direction. Can you give our listeners some insight in how Neural Magic has worked with the Intel AI Builders program? Well, the truth is our process right now with AI Builders has been mainly testing. So we have providing software and they are testing. But I think the next step will be probably to, you know, go forward. We'd love to go and talk to some clients and work with them. That I think is going to be our next step together. I think I also would love for us to go and do some benchmarking on the open benchmarking platforms that people are using right now. So that would be really good too. Well, let's make sure that we get that taken care of. But for our listeners, where can they learn more about Neural Magic? Just go to our webpage. We have tooling for sparsification that we believe is state of the art, and it's going to all come out and be open sourced at the end of January. And then there is the Neural Magic Engine, which you can use with that. And I think that will also be available in January. Where do you see the future? of convolutional neural networks? And where do you see the future of neural magic? I really think that convolutional neural networks are an interim phase of the evolution of deep learning. So I know that we are really in love with convolutions right now, and they've been pushing forward the envelope, right? But more and more, you're seeing that other approaches like, you know, the ones used in transformers and so on are starting to gain ground, right? And, you know, it's not clear at all, right, that the brain does convolutions. But what we do know, right, is that there is clearly a network of neurons there. And what we kind of need to do is evolve our, you know, software to produce the same kind of effects as those things that we know work in our brain. So that's my two cents that I think for now, in the next five years, you're going to see a lot of convolutional neural networks and so on. But with time, the algorithms are going to change, the software is going to change, etc. Well, Nir, on behalf of Intel, it's been an honor to have you on our show. And we'll certainly make sure that we continue testing and really building towards these new models in our labs. Well, on behalf of Nir Shavit, CEO of Neural Magic and co-founder, my name is Jake Smith. We wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you may be in the world.